And thanks to Cry Malt, this is Radio Brews News. My name is Matt Kirkegaard, founder of Australian Brews News, and this week I'm not joined by my good friend, colleague and regular co-host Pete Mitchum. Uh, I'm off on Easter holidays at the beach, enjoying a magnificent view and about to have a beer, but I don't have very good internet access. So rather than try and uh, record things badly via Skype, uh, Pete and I have a bit of a, a week off together, but we will catch up next week. Before I left, I did catch up with Brad Rogers, one of the founders and the head brewer at Stone and Wood Brewery, to talk about a lot of things that are going on down there from their brewery expansion uh, and, and their recent Stone Brew beer that will be released soon and also their Beers of the Earth uh, series. Uh, Brad's always good conversation, so we'll just go straight into that. And I started by asking Brad about how things are going and whether things are still crazy down at Mwoolumbar. Mate, they are going a bit crazy in the world, are we? As we all know, we commissioned the first brew house, sort of May, June last year, and you know it was probably August, September where we actually then placed the order for the second 50 hectolitre brew house, and that's currently being installed now. So very, very early on, uh, we knew the demand uh, for Pacific Ale, specifically, uh, was uh, very strong. So yeah, we we jumped straight on the back of uh, another brew house, and yeah, look, looking forward to having that. Uh, commissioned in the next month or so and you know with a series of uh, more more fermenters as well just to try and keep up. Matt look I'm sure that when we uh, came down to tour the new Moorlumbar facility that the number you know the two years figure was mentioned before you'd have to uh, start expanding again and you know that was only you know that that was less than a year ago. Mate that's been crazy as I say I mean uh, we certainly couldn't predicted uh, you know what's happened in the last you know five or six years let alone the last you know, year, year and a half. Yeah, so I think we've steered away from actually uh, sort of trying to predict, you know, the growth of not just our beer, but, you know, craft beer around the country. It really is uh, quite phenomenal. And, yeah, certainly for us at Stonewood, it's been uh, it's been great. But, yeah, I don't think we'll be uh, doing too many more predictions uh, going forward. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess the big question last uh, Christmas is that Christmas has been a real challenge for you. Um, were you able to keep up with demand, or were, were people still left disappointed last Christmas? Mate, unfortunately, we had um, we had a few uh, disappointed uh, drinkers around the country. Uh, you know, leading into Christmas last year, whilst we tried as best we very much could, uh, leading into Christmas, you know, with the new brew house, with both breweries, uh, trying to uh, you know trying to get as much uh, Pacific out, but also lager and our Jasper. Uh, and a bit of garden ale, you know, thrown out there as well. But, yeah, we know there were some disappointed drinkers, and uh, we're trying, as we've said, uh, to do something about that leading into this Christmas. We'll have a brew house or two brew houses sitting up in Mwoolumbar that hopefully will uh, alleviate some of those problems as we as we walk into Christmas. Uh, the idea is to continue to produce as much beer as uh, as we need to, and, yeah, leading into Christmas, we want to have a bit of capacity uh, so we can actually uh, put our foot down into Christmas to be able to keep up, uh, you know, with our keg beer, but also our packaged beer as well. And unfortunately, uh, you know, for the last few years, it's been the packaged beer around the country that's uh, been hard and difficult to get. Uh, we, try and, uh, we try and keep our keg beer uh, up as best we can. We spoke to Tim Lord on the show a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about the explosive growth of Galaxy and I guess Pacific Ale is one of the beers that's really um, highlighted its potential and popularised it. Popularized it. Um, but he said that there could be a few shortages. I'd imagine you guys would have locked in your uh, contracts well in advance with it being central to, to the brewery. 
Yeah, we certainly have. I mean, uh, we get on very well with Tim and, uh, and uh, of course, Owen down there as well. And, you know, as, uh, as most people know, we use a lot of Galaxy through the brew house, you know, into the kettle and uh, then an awful lot of uh, hops, uh, you know, into the fermenter with our Pacific Ale as well. Um, as we've continued to grow and, uh, you know, Pacific Ale continues, uh, you know, to, to grow around the country, we've certainly locked ourselves away with the HBA guys uh, with some long-term contracts. There's quite a bit of uh, there's quite a bit of uh, uh, interest, obviously, in Galaxy, but not just Galaxy. There's a lot of interest in other Australian hops. So, yeah, we certainly uh, put our foot on uh, what we need for the next few years. And having a relationship with our suppliers like the HBA guys is very, very important for us going forward. Uh, we work ha- we work hand in hand. Uh, those guys have a pretty clear indication of where we're going, and yeah, we're we're kept up to speed with uh, what those guys are up to as well. Once a year, we actually take four or five uh, guys from across the brewery, from across the business, uh, you know, down to uh, Bushy Park and, yeah, get everyone to understand, you know, how the hops are grown, how they're uh, harvested, how they're processed, uh, so it's not just, uh, you know, a bag of hops that shows up at the brewery. So, yeah, we have a great relationship with the hop guys, as we do with uh, many of our suppliers. Mate, that brings us up to date with uh, where you're at, and I guess we can sort of look at uh, what's happening right now. And... uh, well, I was fortunate enough to be down last weekend to uh, watch the Stone Brew, uh, which I've been lucky enough to do a couple of times, mm. um, and also taste the beers that have been released this week, which is the uh, Beers of the Earth. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited about both. I'm not sure which one to start with, but um, <laughs> maybe we talk a little bit about the Stone Beer because we can talk about the uh, tweak that's gone on or the, the tweaking that's gone on from year to year, and then we might spend a little bit more time with the beers of the earth, and uh, we've got yeah, six yeah, beers sure. to talk about there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Stone Beer is your medieval-style beer where you've got your famous uh, BGN volcanic hot rocks yep. that uh, go into the kettle. Yep. Um, you tweak the malt bill a little bit every year. It, it started yeah, off as um, yep. you know, a little bit more... Uh, uh, I guess amber ale-ish in the first couple of incarnations, yep. and last year it was much stoutier. Um, where, where have you gone this year? Yeah, like you say, you know, we started, uh, you know, the the early days of uh, Stone Beer were a little bit lighter and a little bit lower in alcohol than they are now. But in the last couple of years, yeah, we've we've definitely uh, bumped that up. We've bumped the structure of that beer up in terms of its malt and its hops. Uh, and to coincide with that, yeah, we've uh, balanced it out with a little bit more bitterness and a little bit more alcohol. Probably the biggest difference uh, this year is we've really um, we've gone back to some basics with some of the Vienna type malts, uh, steered away from you know the base pale malts and yeah the Vienna malts, uh, you know some really nice you know light Munich malts, a little bit of uh, chocolate wheat and you know some caraway and uh, things like that. And as you know, we brewed that uh, the, the tank uh, last Saturday and looking at that through the week. Uh, it's you know it's definitely big, it's definitely rich, but it's probably got uh, a really nice uh, sort of reddish maroon uh, hue through it already. So, but uh, you know what is it only uh, six, five or six days old, and yeah, it's already looking uh, great in the tank. Probably the other thing that we've done with that is we've we've used some different uh, hops. We've we've stuck with the Hersbrucker, you know, having a German backbone in there. Uh, we've also used the Australian uh, Helga, and we've got a bit of silver in there as well this year as well. Just you know, a bit of homage to what's going on in this country with some pretty interesting hops. You, just going back to the to the malt bill, um, for those who aren't home brewers or aren't really uh, on the technical side of brewing, m- most beers have a pale malt um, as, as their backbone and then, then you yep. lay uh, the uh, colour and the flavour yep. um, with, with some of the modified hops that have been you know, maybe toasted or roasted a little bit so the sugars undergo a bit of a process. Yep. 
Um, what, what will we notice with the beer that goes from using maybe the traditional pale malts to something that is a little bit uh, like the Munich? Maybe just tell us a little bit about the Munich malt. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be a little bit more, you know, dare I say, you know, bready, biscuity. That underlying sort of malt character will just be slightly different. Uh, the really nice thing with stone beer is, as you say, we overlay that base, uh, that base malt uh, that we've used this year is uh, Vienna, but we've, we've overlaid that you know, with some pretty interesting uh, grains. There's about uh, 10 or 11 different grains across this, uh, across this year's stone beer, you know, as we said, sort of through the, you know, the melanoidins and the carareds, but also uh, the caramunics as well. We've actually used a bit of the, for those that uh, get into the detail of it, a little bit of the type 1, 2 and 3, and then there's certainly a bit of the uh, carafa uh, malt in there as well. So all in all, all in all, a uh, fairly large cocktail of uh, you know, different grains in there. And yeah, early days, but we're, we're pretty excited by what that looks like in tank already. So. And when are we going to see it in bottle? Mate, we're going to, uh, we're going to leave that in tank uh, for a little bit longer. And yeah, we hope to have that out you know, uh, early in May. Uh, to coincide, obviously, with the Festival of Stone uh, that will um, that will roll out uh, here at the Byron Brewery. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Because you've uh, previously run that in Federal, which is uh, was originally called Jasper from memory. That's the story behind Jasper. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I mean, uh, Jasper, one of our other beers. Yeah, certainly takes its name from the the, the historic uh, naming of the Federal town. Used to be Jasper. So yeah, that's certainly got some links up there. We had a great uh, stone beer with what two or three years back, where we actually all went up to Federal, uh, you know, to coincide with uh, what we did with Jasper. The last couple um, have been, uh, you know, very well received uh, in terms of that festival. And yeah, uh, we're looking at uh, Saturday the 9th uh, of May for this year's uh, festival. So uh, and that'll be uh, down in um, the Byron Brewery as we celebrate some of the changes that we've. Uh, uh, made down at that brewery. Consider that a date claimer. And uh, actually, that, that's the, the great thing. The, um, the the old production brewery in Byron Bay, um, with with the expansion to Moolumbah, you've able to keep the small original brewery in Byron Bay, but uh, add a bit more of a bar and uh, you know, make it much more of a home for people to to come to. Yeah, it's been uh, you know it's been uh, great to to be able to use obviously the Moolumbah brewery to you know, really uh, increase our production of Pacific Ale, Lager and Jasper. Uh, what, that, what that's been able to do, we've pulled out, you know, some of the bigger tanks from uh, the Byron Brewery. That's then given us the ability to use the Byron Brewery as it was uh, originally, you know, five or six years back, only five or six years back, <laughs> uh, to, uh, to really, you know, hone our uh, uh, brewing I suppose down there on some of the more limited release things. You know, we've got the Jasper, uh, sorry, the Cloudcatcher. We've got, um, you know, the Garden Ale, as we'll mention in a bit. Uh, you know, the Beers of the Earth, and you know, obviously we've got our Stone Beer in there. But what we've done, uh, you know, equally in there, is we've, we've got a small, uh, well, you could call it a bar, but for us it's really just a cellar door. So when people actually want to come and have a bit of a look around, you know, where Stone and Wood began and uh, our story that is Stone and Wood. You know, they can we can uh, offer a little bit more of a professional uh, sort of approach to you know tasting the beers, uh, understanding the grains and the hops that go into that. We've got Mitch in there, and Mitch is doing a fantastic job leading the charge uh, with our cellar door. And yeah, it's uh, it's only been open a little while, and you know it's uh, it's uh, future looks pretty bright. Uh, certainly with Mitch in there leading leading on. So what are the opening hours uh, for that? Is that something you can just, if you're in Byron Bay, you just stop by the brewery or is it by appointment? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly for Mitch, it helps Mitch uh, to understand, you know, how people are coming. So if people could jump on the website, 
Uh, it's not really a bar, so you just you don't really just drop in and buy a schooner. The opportunity there is you know to get people in, you know, with real with a real view of uh, understanding a little bit more about Stone and Water, a little bit more about our beers and our processes. You know, have a chat with uh, you know Mitch or whoever else. Uh, you know, it was in the bar at the time. So, yeah, certainly um, certainly jump on the website and, uh, you know, hook up an appointment and, yeah, we'd love to we'd love to show people around. The opportunity also is we might open that up, you know, maybe once a month or so. And uh, as you know, we did the Craft Beer Rising uh, a few weeks back and, mate, that was very, very well received, uh, great success. Being able to open the door and uh, show the local community uh, what we're doing and how we're, how we're going about it. Uh, certainly the local community for us is pretty important. So, yeah, that was a pretty special day, that craft beer rising. That brings us to the uh, to the beers of the earth. It is brewed in, in the Byron Bay Brewery, and it was described you've got six tanks down there, and each one of those housed uh, one of your beers of the earth. Maybe tell us a little bit, before we get into the beers individually, tell us a little bit about the thinking behind uh, going back, and I, I, I've referred to them probably mistakenly as noble styles, but a couple of the styles, yeah, uh, yeah, are, styles. are certainly noble styles, and then some are... Uh, styles have been tweaked a little bit, but you know they you, you've gone back to uh, recreate some of the classic craft beers um, in the series. Yeah, so as we mentioned before, we've got the Mawil and Bar Brewery, and we've left six 50 hectolitre fermenters uh, down in Byron. So that gave us the opportunity to you know have a think about how we might uh, best use that brewery, and it it became pretty obvious. You know, we had six tanks. Let's have a crack at doing at once six completely different beers and and taking a beer style from six different countries uh you know around the country and you know we can walk through each one of those individually but yeah uh certainly having that uh, capability down in byron uh you know drove us towards uh you know being able to produce six beers of the of the of the earth i mean at the end of the day it is uh the only planet with beer so uh you know it really is a bit of a homage to those classic or noble styles you know that you've mentioned and you know it was a it was a pretty amazing uh you know few weeks or month or so when we had all of those tanks full of the six different beers and you could actually walk around those six tanks and and really get an understanding of what those different styles were all about uh, whilst we've been making beer for a while, there's, a, you know, there's quite a few people around that haven't had the luxury of uh, being able to taste those different styles of beer uh, fresh, certainly from one brewery. And yeah, that's uh, that's what beers of the earth are all about. Uh, we've re- uh, released them this week, and certainly uh, the activity uh, that we see, you know, from social media and just you know conversation, whether it be text or phone calls from all of us around the business, they've certainly uh, been very, very well received, which is great. And you've got a team. You've got a team of uh, twelve brewers from memory. Yeah, I mean uh, across the business, um, you know, we've got uh, brewers in Byron, and we've certainly got the brewers up in uh, up in Mwilimba with two brew houses and you know, a handful of tanks now. Uh, yeah, we certainly had to um, you know load up our uh, brewing resources, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing team where you know where people can jump in and you know brew the beers that we brew in Mwilimba, but also have the opportunity uh, to to brew uh, down in Byron and at the moment we've got Zach uh, in uh, in the Byron Brewery and you know uh, each uh, three or four months we have the opportunity to to roll people through the Byron Brewery to give people an opportunity to experience what running a little brewery is all about. Uh, again having the luxury of having the Byron Brewery there gives us that uh, opportunity so yeah great fun. And the whole team's been involved in uh, creating these beers, haven't they? You, you let Tom take the lead at when, yep. when they were tasted to the media uh, last yeah. weekend. Well, back in the back in uh, back when we were actually brewing those beers, uh, 
was actually leading the charge in the Byron Brewery. So as a team, uh, we all came up with the beers. We came up with the formulations. We tasted an enormous amount of beers uh, in, the, in the different styles to come up with things that we liked uh, and maybe some things that we didn't like. Uh, through formulation, the recipes, uh, you know, we got them together. And Tom was fortunate enough, as he was in uh, the Byron Brewery, Tom was fortunate enough to brew uh, each and every one of those beers. And, yeah, uh, Tom did an amazing job, uh, you know, pulling uh, pulling all that together. So, yeah, again, just having that ability to uh, literally throw the brewery to someone like Tom and say, yep, this, uh, these are the beers we're going to do. We've all tasted the beers. We've got the formulations. Let's all jump in and uh, have a crack at brewing them. And, yeah, Tom did a great job. Now, I don't think I've ever... You, you're very comfortable in a, in a lot of uh, bar and brewery settings, but I don't think I've ever seen you happier than at the uh, German club in Brisbane uh, <laughs> when, when you've got a couple of uh, Hefeweizens or uh, you know good German beers uh, in front of you. And, uh, it's a special one, place, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and it really has influenced a lot of your brewing, um, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, not just mine, but across the business. You know, Germany, you know, the, the origins of Germany and German beer, you know, pretty special, certainly... You know, in uh, in my thinking, but you know, across the business, uh, you know, whether it be that really nice, light, delicate German uh, lager across the Hefeweizens, the Dunkelweizens, and you know, some of those larger box style beers. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're just beautifully uh, crafted beers, and yeah. I certainly love going to Germany too. <laughs> and, and we've seen the Munich Hells come through in your pale lager, but the first of the six beers in the Beers of the Earth series was a German Hefeweizen. Um, tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, the German Hefeweizen, again, you know, a bit of an ode to the, you know, the, the Germanic ways. Uh, a large portion of wheat across that beer and, uh, and uh, some pale malt. The really nice thing with that, with that style of beer is getting the right yeast and actually ensuring that the yeast that you use uh, is able to ferment not only the, the pale malts but the wheat into those really nice banana sort of characters. It's also across all of the beers, but it's also across uh, this beer, you know, the balance of that flavour, uh, whether it be up on, the, up on the nose or across the palate, uh, balancing some of those aromatics and those flavours, you know, across the bitterness. Uh, you know, very important in that style. There's also a slight bit of dryness in that beer, which we thought was appropriate as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, uh, fairly true to style German Hefeweizen. And it comes in at 5.4% uh, alcohol. It was one of the ones that stayed fairly true. I know that some of the beers uh, departed from what was on the label. Yep. Um, and only 12 IBU, so it's fairly low, but it's got that nice dry uh, spiciness from, I think, 55% uh, wheat malt. Wheat, yes. So we've got that nice dryness from the wheat, uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, reasonably low in bitterness. You know, it sits on the lower end. But, but I think the really nice thing, uh, the bitterness has got some really nice sort of, uh, you know, aromatics to there as well that sort of balance, uh, you know, to a small degree, uh, you know, that quite uh, lifted, you know, banana ester character from the yeast. So, yeah, I mean, certainly for us across all of our beers, it's all about balance. And, yeah, it's uh, it's drinking pretty nicely. Oh, absolutely. And I was struck by, um, you know, I think the comment I made was these days there's... Uh, we see a lot of versions of the style, a lot of interpretations of the style where, um, you know, banana, clove, bubble gum, uh, some of those flavours are seen as being hallmarks of the style. And in some cases, they're almost accentuated. Yep. Um, you know, um, your, the, the, the beer that's come out in, in this series is um, has all of those characters, but they're 
I wouldn't say subdued, but they're they're very balanced and they're not um, ex- extreme versions. Do you think? That- yeah, I mean, you know, with that, we didn't we didn't want it to be just a banana bomb or you know a smoked meat sort of character. We really wanted to be able to balance a lot of those. You know, what what we as a team thought were those those real heft uh, characters and. Yeah, we didn't want just one uh, component of what people understand as Hefeweizen and uh, beer. We wanted to make sure that there was elements of uh, of that of the complete style across that beer. And yeah, I, I think we uh, I think we got a fair way there. It's interesting. With so many people, um, craft beer really has seen a huge expansion over the last uh, few years. And with people coming to it, um, and many of them, their first experience of um, beers that aren't mainstream lagers is uh, craft beers that sometimes are these sort of slightly hyper versions of styles. Um, do you think that that has the ability to influence what their expectations for the original styles should be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, like we said in the beginning, you know, we've been uh, fortunate, lucky enough to you know to travel around a fair bit and you know spend a bit of time in Germany. So really trying to get a bit of an understanding of what that style of beer is actually like in its homeland. It's a little bit different, you know, to, to drinking imported beers. Uh, you know, they're obviously great examples, but you know, at the end of the day, they still have to travel. Uh, what we tried to do was really harp back to the origins of what that beer was. Uh, you know, there are a lot of good uh, a lot of good brewers in this country making a lot of good beer and. Yeah, uh, some, sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. So. Um, that takes us into a, another Central European beer, this one, the, the, the Czech Pilsner. Yep. Um, again, another one that um, I think I've seen described as an approachable version of the Pilsner style, um, when to me this was, you know, I lifted it to, to my uh, uh, lips and straight away the, the, the smell took me back to a train trip through Austria. Because <laughs> yeah, um, it just had that lovely, flowery uh, hop character, but a really beautiful, bready malt. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the real winner uh, for us with this was really getting that, that malt right. Uh, this beer is 100% Vaillant malt, and we've used you know, a big portion of the Bohemian Pills uh, malt as our, as our base sort of standard malt in there. Again, you know, a little bit of Carapils, a little bit of Vienna, uh, but that getting the malt right on that beer is absolutely vital, and you know, uh, you know that that forms the backbone of that beer. Uh, we then spice it up a little bit, both in the kettle, the whirlpool, uh, with uh, quite a bit of sars hop, and that sars hop and the spiciness of the sars hop really just balances beautifully. I think that uh, Bohemian Pilsner malt, and yeah, it really, it's, uh, you know, re- really was a. Uh, a beautiful thing watching that ferment, and then uh, that was one of the first beers we did in the, you know, in the, in the, in the six, and you know that actually got quite a bit of lagering time. You know, had about four or five weeks uh, in the tank, and that really watching that beer develop uh, was just beautiful. And as a team, yeah, it was uh, re- a really nice learning uh, for the team just to see, you know, what leaving beer in a fermenter actually does to that beer, and yeah, again. Bitterness, pretty pretty big part of that beer as well. So that's sitting up around the 40 BUs, which is you know pretty much ballpark to where uh, we believe you know the big uh, Czech pilsners you know should be. But again, uh, can't stress you know the balance of that bitterness across that malt that malt bill is very very important. I uh, very much agree with that. I, I find I just find that it's got a lovely what I describe to my palate as a minerally bitterness. It doesn't have that sharp, uh, astringent bitterness that some beers can have. It's just yeah. it, it's there, yeah. but it just sort of washes across your palate. We use the we use the word noble before in beer styles, but using that sars hop very much is a noble hop, 
And by using that uh, noble sars hop, not only uh, you know for the aromatics, you know maybe through the end of the kettle process or the whirlpool, but using that hop in the bitterness side of things as well. It is a very very nice, soft, delicate bitterness, if that makes sense. Uh, it doesn't have that harshness that uh, you know uh, other hops might uh, might have given to that beer. But yeah, using a lot of sars in that uh, in that beer really gave us not only the aromatics, but that as you mentioned, that really nice soft bitterness. The bitterness is there. The bitterness is up around 40 uh, units, but it's a soft bitterness, and that soft bitterness is really important as it balances out those grains and those malts. Funnily enough, those two were the uh, ones I was most excited uh, having tried because they were just... I can't rave about them enough, but the one that uh, I was most excited about trying before we got to them was uh, your Belgian Saison. Um, for those who uh, maybe have been kicking around for a while, they might remember that Brad was the head brewer at Matilda Bay and he created a little beer called Barking Duck um, that was just legendary in uh, craft beer circles. That goes back almost 10 years ago, doesn't it, Brad? Yeah, something like that. Uh, another lifetime ago. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, it left such an impression on me that when you guys took to social media, I think before the brewery was even open, when you were uh, still getting your styles together, you took to social media to ask everyone what uh, you should brew. And uh, I'm pretty sure that my uh, comment in, in, in the Facebook was that you should brew a Belgian Saison. So it's finally there. Maybe tell us a little bit about uh, the uh, stone and wood version of the Belgian Saison. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly uh, got a place in my uh, heart, the old Saison. I, I just love the story behind Saison as well. You know, the, the origins of that beer, you know, a farmer uh, doesn't want to give his uh, the farm hands water. He brews up this beer and literally goes to the cupboard and, you know, pulls out some uh, some herbs and spices to throw into that beer. He's not a brewer, so, you know, probably using some old hops and maybe some grains that aren't exactly uh, 100% fresh. So certainly for us, you know, using the, the, the origins of that beer, we've been able to, you know, uh, nicely uh, sort of create our own style of Saison. Again, you know, some really nice uh, wheat uh, uh, backbone, I suppose you could say in there. We've used uh, quite a big chunk of wheat. You know, again, you know, quite quite a lot of uh, uh, the vein and grains across there as well, the premium pills and a little bit of Vienna a little bit of silver and a little bit of pearl in there as well. And, you know, I mean, we we can harp on about the grains and we can harp on about the hops, but those beers, the Saison styles of beer, those farmyard beers, really are made from the yeast that you use. And, you know, back in the day, uh, the, those farmers weren't actually propagating yeast or, you know, they didn't have a little uh, bucket of yeast sitting somewhere. They, they would just use the yeast that was in the air, with, within the area, within their farm. And, you know, those yeasts really... Uh, impacted on the flavour dramatically and you know this Saison certainly has that really nice it's a lemony lime spice character I describe it as uh, but again all balanced through the, the grains and the, and the hops that we've used uh, fermented uh, for quite a quite a while actually got up to some pretty high uh, temperatures up over the 30 degree mark and you know we haven't mentioned fermentation temperatures much but you know as you as you walk through the the style the the, the process of saison letting the yeast do its thing at its own temperature is really a hallmark of what that style is all about and yeah the temperature uh, the temperature in that tank certainly got up uh, well over the the 30 degree mark and for a brewer, that's that's a little bit odd. You're really trying to control the temperature down, but you know, letting that yeast do its own thing, you know, enables that yeast to create its own flavours in that beer. And yeah, I think um, again, I think it's a, a fairly true to style uh, beer. You know, with a with a small uh, stone and wood twist in there. Look, and it was just beautiful. How, how close is it to the uh, along people that may remember Barking Duck? Oh, 
to be honest now, I probably can't remember exactly uh, what we did. Like I said, that was a lifetime ago. And mate, I know uh, I know some big differences back then. When when we did the barking duck, we actually added, you know, some spices. Uh, we steered away from that uh, in uh, the the saison that we brewed here, and you know we've really let the spice character of the yeast, as I say, that yeast is so important as the temperature rises and the spice character really uh, comes to the fore in that beer. So yeah, that's certainly one big difference, mate. Uh, yeah, what we were doing, you know, as I say, it was a, like a, a different lifetime uh, back then, and yeah, <laughs> I can't exactly remember. <laughs> um, moving on to the uh, Antipodean uh, Pale Ale, you've, you've taken what was once known as the American style Pale Ale and given it a bit of a uh, southern twist. A bit of a shake up, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, using the thoughts, uh, you know, through the American style Pale Ales, you've got, you know, obviously the English Pale Ales, you know, the origins there, and, you know, you know very much what's happening in Australia and New Zealand. And our take on that style was really to use a blend of. Uh, you know, Australian hops and New Zealand hops. Again, pretty important to get the, the base malts uh, right. But, yeah, this beer's all made around, you know, the Victoria Secret and uh, summer hops from Australia down there at Bushy Park, but also from uh, New, New Zealand and Mochuaca and Raywalker uh, uh, hops. So, yeah, added a, a fair fruit salad of hops into that and, yeah, it certainly, uh, certainly created some uh, interest with that beer. I'm just trying to think now whether I move on to the IPA or the uh, London Porter. We might talk a little bit about the London Porter, which was uh, it, it was one of those beers that was incredibly complex. We were just about getting to the weather. We had the fire outside uh, of the brewery, and uh, it's probably not an experience that everyone can recreate, but it certainly had all of that going um, on down at the brewery. Tell us a little bit about the London Porter. Yeah, I mean, certainly for us, you know, that Porter, uh, the richness of the grains, uh, balanced off with some of those hop characters and and again the bitterness pretty important tied together uh, with using you know the right ale uh, yeast in there as well so yeah great fun and it was it uh, came in a little bit stronger than expected or was it yeah yeah just a, just a touch uh, you know I, I, you know we've mentioned the saison and we'll have a chat about uh, you know the IPA they're they're ones that definitely came in a little bit uh, a little bit higher than uh, what we thought but. You know, when you when you set a task, you've got six empty uh, fermenters and you're brewing uh, six beers and you want them in a bottle, you know, in uh, you know five or six weeks, you really only have one crack at it. Uh, you know, the boys have done a great job uh, pulling this together. And, yeah, we were probably a little bit adventurous in uh, where we thought some of the alcohols might end up. But I suppose, uh, you know, a small apology uh, if anyone's got any dramas with it. You know, we certainly had a crack at... Uh, you know, uh, pulling these beers together in a reasonably uh, short time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I suppose for us, we take it on the chin a bit. Uh, please, uh, you know, understand that some of the alcohols on, on, on the West Coast, uh, IPA and then the Saison, a little bit higher than you know, what it might say uh, on the bottles and therefore, you know, what it says in terms of standard drinks. We've actually popped a small card in every one of our uh, uh, six-packs just to make sure that people are actually aware that, yeah, what it actually says uh, might be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. But um, and our, our take was that I suppose if people are going to be tasting these, they probably shouldn't be uh, doing a lot of driving anyway. So, <laughs> and that brings us to the uh, American IPA. Now, I've I've had a chat with at least one other brewer who uh, confirms my recollection that uh, I'm sure I've heard you say on a number of occasions that Stonewood will never create an IPA. 
Well, like I say, you know, we'll never be saying never ever again. So. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, I suppose back in the day, you know, when Roscoe, Jamie, and I were pretty much in there by ourselves, we had a very clear direction. And as we've continued to grow and produce uh, the beers that we've produced, we've got an amazing team. You know, we've got a pretty large team, and as we know, it's not just the three of us making the beer anymore. And you know, uh, different people have different ideas. And the beauty of being able to run uh, our own independent brewery our own way is being able to, I suppose, bend those uh, small little rules, and if they are rules. Uh, you know, I think doing you know a bit of a homage to what's going on on the west coast. Uh, of the US was all but a bit of a given. Uh, every, every single person in the team pretty much said, yep, that's got to be the first beer that we do. And pretty hard for us to sit back and go, well, actually, <laughs> we're not going to do that. But it's, 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 a, it's an amazing style of beer. Uh, this is our take on it. And yeah, it was a pleasure actually working through you know, the formulations of, uh, of this beer and certainly had a bit, of, uh, a bit of help with some of the ingredients around the country. So uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, a great, a great style of beer uh, to throw into the mix for this uh, for this six pack. Now, tell me a little bit about this one. This, it, it's, it's a big beer. It's up around seventy five IBUs. The alcohol is up there. Um, one thing that all three of uh, you, you guys, Brad, uh, uh, sorry, Jamie, Ross, and yourself, um, talk about is balance. And this is a beer that really showcases that balance for a, a very big beer. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, you know, uh, harping on the luxury that we've had to travel around a bit. We've drank a lot of uh, a lot of big American beers uh, in the states on the west coast, and yeah, one one thing that steps out for me, the really good ones are all about balance. And for me, uh, you know, I, I don't really like massively alcoholic, massively bitter beers. And the thing that I don't like about them is some of them are just completely out of balance. But when you get the ones that are perfectly balanced. You know that the the richness of alcohol, the sweetness of alcohol, balances that you know that uh, hot bitterness and the hot flavour to a degree. Yeah, I mean they they really are just a song, and it's just uh, you know beautiful to uh, just beautiful to taste. And again, for the when I've been fortunate enough to try uh, American IPAs in the states, it's been the malt that's uh, been distinctive more so than hops. The hops are certainly there, and yep. they define the style. But it's the way that the malt um, plays with it, and they seem to have a like a toasted biscuit, um, yeah. light yep. car- caramel sort of malt? What we've used in this, again, you know, trying to be true to style, we've actually used the Brice Pale Malt and the Brice Caramel uh, Munich. A little bit of uh, Vaiman uh, malt in there as well, a bit of Vienna and uh, uh, red, But, yeah, I mean, that, again, that base malt, very, very important to get right. We could have easily made all of these uh, six beers using, you know, a standard pale malt, but we wanted to be true to style and we researched... Uh, and sourced these, uh, raw, the you know, the raw materials, the grains, uh, across the country, across the world, to try and make sure that we were using something uh, very similar and true to style. That sort of follows on uh, to the hops as well. Uh, for those that are probably taking notes, there, you know, we've used quite a lot of uh, Simcoe, Citra, uh, Amarillo, and a bit of Mosaic in there as well. And just, you know, it's just it was just beautiful the the aromatics that those hops. Uh, individually, you know, in the in the you know, as you open the bag, it was just outstanding, just stunning. And then when you actually use those hops across the brewery, across the kettle, the whirlpool, and again a fair chunk into the fermenters, you know, just beautiful, just really, just a you know, a, a fantastic opportunity, not just for me, but you know, for the entire team. And as I said, six different beers in those six tanks, and everyone had the opportunity whenever they wanted to, you know, to wander around those six tanks 
either with one of us or just by themselves, just to have a bit of a taste of those beers. It was um, you know, a pretty awesome opportunity. I can't remember offhand what the figure was, but there was some incredible number of hops, something like 17, uh, and a huge varieties of malt used to, to make these six beers. Yeah, you know, coming into the 20s, uh, you know, of uh, both the grains and the hops. And, you know, as we said, we actually used seven different yeasts. Uh, six tanks, we actually used two different yeasts uh, in the Saison. So, you know, just the, you know, just the research and then the sourcing of all of those grains, all of the hops and all of the yeast, then making sure that your water profile is correct as well. So, you know, making sure that all of that uh, was... Uh, accurate, true to style, you know, some with a, a small stone and wood spin on it, you know, that, that was a real fun stuff. Uh, it's beautiful uh, sort of you know, looking at some of the feedback and listening to some of the feedback of these beers. Uh, you know, I think people understand the research and the, and the hard work that actually goes into producing these things. You know, even doing one of these beers, uh, you know, takes a bit of effort. And for us as a team uh, to produce six of these uh, in the six tanks that we've got uh, in there in Byron and Get them bottled, get them, uh, get them into keg, and then repack them uh, into our six packs. Uh, you know, quite quite a feat uh, for our team as we continue to grow. Uh, you know, we're you know we're just trying to keep in front. I guess the big question now, having been through the six of them, is: Are they all going to be one-offs? Uh, will we see this pack uh, a, a variation of the pack next year, or could some of these enter your permanent range? Hey, let's just wait and see what actually happens. You know, we're getting a lot of great feedback. As I said, you know, I'll never say never ever again, I don't think. So uh, certainly on the cards at the moment, you know, using the bar and brewery, we've got a, you know, we've got a pretty clear road ahead of us on, on how we want to do that. As most people know, you know, we roll out uh, various, uh, various things throughout the year. And, yeah, we've got a, a pretty clear map of uh, what we want to do. And I can uh, tell you that at the moment, uh, you know, these six beers are being enjoyed at the moment. Uh, so get out there and, uh, you know, taste them now is what I'd be saying. Look, I think uh, it, it's very hard to, to, to choose a standout amongst them, but I really enjoyed the Czech Pilsner and, and uh, then the Hefeweizen. Um, do you have a favourite amongst the six? Mate, I'm, I'm actually probably with you. I mean, to me, I really like the, the Pilsner, I think, true to style. But for me, it's the light, it's the real balanced delicateness of that style of beer. You know, you, everyone knows you can stand and you can make the bigger alcoholic, bitter beers. Uh, you can stand there. And you, you, you've probably got a bit of room, a bit of wiggle room there where, you know, things can actually be hidden. Uh, I think with a style like a, a Czech Pilsner, you know, if you get one little bit wrong, it really is going to stand out. Uh, the balance of that beer, the, the right grains, the right uh, hops, temperature profiles, uh, time in tank, all of these things lead to a really nice, uh, balanced, you know, soft uh, beer. Soft, as I say, soft with 40 units of bitterness. But to me, there's a real, uh, you know, textural softness there, which I love. Brad Rogers, thank you very much for joining us on Radio Bruce News. Have a wonderful Easter. Thank you very much for having me. In the garden, what a garden. Bruce News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer. With over 100 craft beers and ciders on the roster and counting, Brewpack specialises in offering growing craft breweries a home for their packaged and kegged beer, no matter how crafty. Serious about handmade beers, and with an open-door policy, Brewpack's brewers love having passionate, hands-on partners in the brewery. Thinking about craft contract brewing? Think Brewpack. And uh, yes, we thank Brewpack for not only making a whole lot of great craft beers possible, but also for making this podcast possible. 
And that was Brad Rogers. Always good to catch up uh, with Brad. We'll be back next week with all of the news uh, that's happening uh, and more interviews and, of course, Pete Mitchum. So thank you very much for joining us once again. Please keep your cards and uh, emails letting us know uh, what you want to hear about. We will read some of those next week uh, when I'm back with Pete. But in the meantime, drink less, drink better, and always enjoy good beer. And we're out.